Good morning. It's Monday, May 18th, or September 18th, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Cantor Managed ETF Portfolios. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. Uh, the presentation has been prepared for by Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. The information contained is purely for informational purposes. So adequacy, accuracy, or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Okay, we've gotten through that. We had a mixed week in equity prices, just a very small decline in the S&P 500 and S&P 400 mid-cap index, just barely below the zero line. And then just above the zero line was small cap stocks, but international markets took the lead last week with the EFI index up almost 1.7, emerging markets up one and a quarter. Bonds, interestingly, mixed. The aggregate bond index down 0.33% because interest rates are itching higher and a very large percentage of the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index is longer-term U.S. government-issued securities. But look at high yield. High yield remains strong, up 0.16%. And that at a time, that was sort of, I call that, in sympathy with small and mid-cap stocks. Uh, High-yield bonds have a shorter duration than the Aggregate Bond Index because corporate bonds generally are not issued for more than 10 years. They are sometimes, but as a, just generally. And so the longer duration play, which is, you can see, all brought down by the 20 plus year treasury index, down about 1.43%. The economic data was mixed last week, but a lot of it pointed to and, and caused concern for potentially higher inflation or just inflation not moving down to target as quickly as we've all been anticipating and hoping for. Let's start with the National Federation of Independent Business Small Optimism Index. It fell uh, six-tenths of a point from 91.9 to 91.3, about in line with expectations. Small businesses are not nearly as optimistic and as ebullient as you can see as they were back in, let's call it 2017, 2018. You've got the big fall from the covid uh, level and we're just about and we've been trending there for about two years really about where we were at the during the covid pandemic small businesses just aren't particularly optimistic why uh, it has to do with the inflationary pressures on uh, inputs of production that includes obviously everything because everything is driven by oil and oil prices remain very high we are now back to six dollars a gallon here for gasoline here in uh, Southern California, um, and uh, obviously labor costs, everything that goes into business. So speaking of those inflationary pressures, let's take a look at the CPI. August consumer price index was expected to be up six tenths. That's what it did. 3.7 on a year over year basis. That was a little bit more than expected. And you can see the blue line, which had been coming down, 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 had a very sharp reversal in the month of August. Is that reason for panic? No, not yet. It's just one month, of course, but still markets need to adjust and react to that. And that's exactly what they're starting to do. The core, which is uh, excludes food and energy, was up three tenths of a percent. That was more than expected. 
and on a year-over-year -year basis is 4.3. So that's continuing to trend lower, but is still far above the Fed's 2% inflation target. I think it's too early to say, uh, to panic that, you know, it's again, it's a policy lag. We're letting the rate hikes do the trick. We're letting the balance sheet runoff do the trick. Uh, the lack of there was a lack of massive fiscal stimulus, but this year we're operating at a $2 trillion budget deficit, which is in itself uh, an inflationary phenomena. Um, so moving on to PPI, producer price index, similar report for August, up seven tenths, almost double, almost double the estimate of four tenths. You can see that big spike there. And this is what's got markets a little bit, a little bit spooked right now. And I think has, stunted the upward movement of equity prices. Equity prices were rolling along on, hey, policy's working. Uh, we're not getting job layoffs. Labor market's remaining strong. Everything is pretty good. PPI was up 1.6 on a year-over-year on a, um, uh, -year basis. That was 30 basis points above the estimate of 1.3. We don't like that. Core PPI up two tenths along in line with expectations and year over year 2.2 in line with expectations. Every single one of these numbers is above the Fed's target. The target's really for core PCE, core PCE at 2% on a year over year basis. So the expectation that the Fed might be cutting rates soon is getting pushed out further and further. Remember at the beginning of the year, Fed funds futures were suggesting rate hikes late in 2000 and 23. Where the Fed and we all get in trouble is if jobless claims start to spike while inflation is still high. Then the Fed is in a conundrum. They can't really raise rates if people are losing their jobs. And if inflation remains elevated and they can't raise rates, then inflation continues higher and remains elevated. This is the central bank dilemma. This is what we are all concerned about. Uh, and we're not ready to panic, but we don't like these spikes in CPI and PPI. Moving out to the uh, market for inflation expectations, there's something called break-evens. This is the bond market participants uh, placing wagers, essentially, making investments on where they think inflation will be. Look at their, this blue line represents the two-year break-even inflation rate. On July 19th was the bottom of two-year expectations at 1.9%. And as of this morning, Monday, September 18th, those have gone from 1.9 to 2.23% for two-year inflation rate. We haven't had as, as pronounced a move, but both are higher the five-year break-evens are higher and the 10-year break-evens are higher. So this is confounding the Federal Reserve and their job. I mean, it seems like just a week ago, there was more and more talk and they're getting some support from a former Fed chair who's now the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, who's saying, well, it looks like we can have this soft landing. We can achieve our inflation goals without having a recession, without having job losses. Keep in mind, that's never happened in the past. I'm certainly hopeful that it can happen now. We all are. Uh, but the last couple of weeks have given us uh, concern about prices. Take a look at the Bloomberg Commodity Index. Commodities are a big driver of inflation. And, you know, the Fed can't control commodity prices. The Fed can only control interest rates, money supply, its balance sheet, 
Back on May 31st, Bloomberg Commodity Index was a level of, let's call it 98. And today on September 18th, it's 108. Well, that's more than a 10% move in commodity prices in under four months. That is not disinflationary and it is cause for concern. Interestingly, though, when we move to the Fed funds futures market and the bets on what the Fed will do, we have a meeting this week, right? September 20th, there will be a decision. The target rate now, the upper bound is five and a half percent. So the target range is five and a quarter to five and a half. And on July 1st, there was a 24% chance that the Fed would hike rates this week on September 20th. That has been going steadily lower. And 24% in and of itself is not high at all. That's low. It's right less than it's less than a quarter of a percent, uh, less than 25% chance that they are going to hike. So there won't be anything happening this week. Then you go out to the November meeting. Back in July, there was 29% view, and you can see that steadily going down, but suddenly reversing, and now a higher percentage chance. So low still, yes, but you know, roughly one-third. Uh, of a chance at the November meeting. And then at the December meeting, that really hasn't reacted much, although it's gone from cuts, assumed cuts in December. So there's a lot of people still thinking this recession is coming to now a modest, very small percentage chance of a hike. But let's keep a strong eye on November. Let's keep a strong eye on what the Fed says in the statement this week because they can't say that inflationary pressures are continuing to moderate or abate. They can say things like policy works with a lag, but when commodity prices are going higher, driven by oil, which is about 91 and a half, we've got renewed calls for 95 and 100, that becomes more of an issue. And I think at least in the short run, this begins to put a a little bit of a damper or a lid on the ability of stocks to, to continue to deliver. We need the, the stocks are going to rally. You know, first we need the bad news, right? That um, well, we need the good news that inflation is coming down. The bad news that jobless claims are going up, and then the good news that the Fed is cutting interest rates. Everybody got that clear as day, uh, and that's what's going to happen. I think for now, we see we see stocks with a little bit of a ceiling. Um, that could be burst if earnings are incredibly good and better than expected, which will start here, you know, second week, essentially of October. We're about a month away uh, from that. Back to jobless claims, weekly initial claims for unemployment uh, rose to 220,000. That's very low, very good, very healthy. And the Fed will look to that to say, well, if inflationary pressure is rising and jobless claims are not, well, we must raise interest rates. And I think I think November is on the table more than that 30% chance. And therefore, if it's not November, then the odds start going into potentially a December uh, rate hike. Those are now both back on the table. They're not more than 50% likely. So don't uh, misinterpret what I'm saying that the Fed will hike rates. I think two weeks ago, those rate hikes were not on the table. Today, they are on the table. So this week's meeting 
and the statement is going to be more important um, than ever. We also got data on retail sales, also giving cover to raise rates. Retail sales were expected to go up a tenth of a percent. They were up six tenths. Uh, backing out autos and gas, they were expected to be down a tenth. They were up two tenths. So even without the, you know, the spike in gasoline prices being figured in, they were still up, uh, retail sales were still up two tenths of a percent. The also giving the Fed cover to potentially raise New York State manufacturing, which had been in uh, negative territory for some time, signaling a manufacturing recession, uh, was supposed to be down minus 10. The line of delineation is zero for expansion and contraction. That number came in positive, barely, but positive, 1.9. New orders became positive. Shipments became positive. Um, employment was not, was negative. Uh, but future business conditions can continue to rise. So this would also be covered to say, hey, we can raise another quarter. We can, we can do it in November or we can do it in December. Industrial production of four-tenths uh, after gaining seven-tenths. That was more than expected. Also giving the Fed cover to raise. Uh, capacity utilization went to 79.7, 79.3. Also providing cover. In other words, the economy is sort of steaming along uh, and and a, a growing steaming along economy is is not disinflationary. It's sort of modestly inflationary. And because inflation is above the Fed's 2% target and because oil prices and commodity prices are driving that, it makes the Fed's job more difficult uh, because that's not a market that they have any control over at all. Consumers also a little bit less optimistic. We had been on a nice little run upward, you can see, and then two months of decline. Consumer sentiment fell to 67.7. That was, it was expected to decline, but not expected to decline that much. Current conditions fell, although expectations were just a tick higher. In terms of data this week, uh, housing market sentiment uh, came out this morning and it was supposed to be 49. It came in at 45, which is a very poor number. Uh, housing starts and permits on Tuesday. It's only all about Wednesday. And it is about, it's really not about the rate decision. They're not going to do anything, uh, but it is about what they say in the statement. They must acknowledge these higher PPI, CPI numbers. We've got Philly Fed jobless claims, existing home sales on Thursday, followed by um, September flash readings uh, from S&P Global on manufacturing and services. Manufacturing, you can see still in contraction and services in expansion, but barely so, at least by this one reading. Uh, thanks everybody. Reminder, this is a podcast or a subscription base. Just send us your email to info at efficient-portfolios.com. And you can get this on any one of your smart devices by saying play slaying bulls and bears or play Herb Morgan's podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back to you again next week.